Hey, I, I will encourage you tonight, if you don't normally take notes at church, please do. This is going to be, I, I remember when I was in college, there were several messages that I look back to. Uh, I used to keep a drawer in my room. This is pretty nerdy. Uh, you remember back in church, how many of y'all went to church when you used to pass out bulletins every week? Uh, and there, the message would be on there, who was speaking would be on there. Uh, and I would keep all of them. There were like series on the front of it. I was like, man, I'm keeping every one of these. I don't know. How many of y'all collect cards? So, you know, uh, that was kind of my thing. You know, I was keeping those church bulletins. Hopefully one day, maybe they'd be worth some money. It didn't, I think we threw them all out, but that's how it is. But hey, take some notes tonight. I think uh, there were some key messages in my life. I'm hoping this is one for you. Uh, This is not uh, above elementary level, but I'm extremely passionate. This is my first time preaching this semester, so I'm excited to be here uh, speaking the word. Uh, we've been out. I want to show you a picture of our family. This is what's been going down at my house. Uh, little little Denver is growing. He is he eats, sleeps, and poops, and cries quite a bit. So on days that he's doing good, it's like man, we're getting great sleep. On days that he's not, like today and yesterday, he was so psyched about woman he could not go to sleep. So uh, he went to woman all weekend. So he had a blast. But Theo and him are best friends. They just chill. Uh, Man, it's so fun, but it's also the hardest thing I've ever done, so praise God. Uh, but hey, we're going to jump into the Word tonight. I'm going to talk through a passage of Scripture. How many of y'all know the woman at the well, that passage of Scripture? We're going to dive in. We're going to read a chunk of Scripture. I'm going to ask that you follow along with us on the screens, because uh, we're going we're gonna to look at that Scripture, and then we're going to break it down. This is unlike any message I really do, in the sense of like the flow of it. Uh, some preachers have like good flows. They normally... I'm going to give you a couple points, but this is really, I've prepared differently than I've really ever prepared before, uh, just because of the content and what I feel like God's put on my heart to share. And so this is where we're going to start. We're going to start tonight by targeting the truth of God's love, the truth of God's love. And we're going to break it down by looking straight into the eyes of scripture. Everybody said, amen. So we're going to read it. So if y'all would follow along on the screens, we're just going to jump right in. Y'all ready? Okay, so John, I'm gonna give y'all, can y'all give me like 20 solid minutes? Like that, I'm gonna start, I just started a timer, 20 minutes, and then I'm done. And then y'all can volleyball, y'all can milk and cookies, y'all can charcuterie cup all you want to. Those are the snacks after, so. Thank you, Woman Conference. Okay, all the ladies that were here were like, oh, I remember, and all the guys were like, what are you doing, bro? Get out of here. Okay, I'm wasting time right now. Okay, scripture, John 4, 7 through 40. If you're there, if you're ready, say, I'm ready, yo. Okay, it says, a woman from Samaria came to draw some water. Jesus said to her, hey, give me a drink. Verse eight says, for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy some food. The Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? This is great contextual uh, information. Jews and Samaritans did not get along. So the fact that Jesus was even speaking to her was something that these disciples would have been like, why are you doing this? He says, how is it? Uh, verse 10, Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw water with and the well is too deep. She's like, gotcha. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us this well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. 
Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, give me that water. I need that so that I will not be thirsty or have to come back here to draw more water. Verse 16, what a, this is the next verse. What a lovely transition. Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come here. <laughs> and then the woman answered, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you're right in saying I have no husband, for you have had five husbands and the one you now have is not your husband. What you said is true. The woman said to him, sir, I perceive that you're a prophet. Sir, you're pretty smart. And then verse 25, we jump forward a little bit. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, he who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. And then Jesus drops the mic and says, I who speak am he. Verse 27, just then his disciples came back. They marveled that he was talking with a woman, but no one said, what do you seek? Or why are you talking with her? So the woman left her water jar and went away into town and said to the people, come see a man who told me all that I have ever done. Can this be the Christ? They went out of the town and were coming to him. Many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me all that I ever did. Tonight we're going to talk about and confront and look at the truth of God's love. And I'm going to explain to you why this is important for us today. I'm going to help build the tension on that topic and why for us as college students, why for us as young people, as we navigate this, this stage of our life, going out into this culture that we live in, why understanding this topic is so important for us as believers. But first, I want to pray and just ask the Holy Spirit to teach us. I know he's not going to give the same bit of information. He's not going to convict each one of us the same way. I'm going to ask that he does it in each individual way, the way that we need it. Amen. So God, I just pray, Lord, as we dive into scripture, God, that I, like Randy Bezat said this morning, Lord, that I would get out of the way, that I would become less, that you would become greater. God, I don't want to be a hindrance to the word of God. I want to be able to just encourage people to fall more in love with you. And God, I pray that, uh, Holy Spirit, that you would speak to each person here. Lord, I know that it's a 20-minute message, but God, I know that you want to you give a little bit to each person that we can walk out of here with. And God, I'm asking that you do that tonight. And Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the truth that comes with it. And Lord, I just ask that tonight you be with us. And we love getting to worship you for who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, uh, I have a question for all of us. How many of you have ever experienced something or walked into a situation you thought it would be a certain way, but then it ended up being something totally different. Y'all been there? So I dated a girl in junior high, which is never really a good idea. Um, but I think her name was Jessica. Uh, how I remember that, I have no clue. I can't remember some of your names, but I thought she was the love of my life, I guess. I don't, I don't know why. I don't know why. Uh, but I walked in and I was like, man, this girl is so cute. She is, man, she, I saw her and it. In the morning, how many of y'all showed up early to school to sit at the round tables in the lunchroom just to wait on the class bell to ring? That was me. Am I weird? What are y'all talking? Nobody? Okay, I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll be there. I'll be there by myself at 7.45 a.m. Uh, but I would see her, and I was like, man, I'm going to ask this girl out. So I, I asked her out, which meant basically we hang out at lunch, I guess. I don't, I don't know what all we did in junior high. Uh, but we sat there, and I realized quickly, this, is, this girl, she kind of plain, like, 
she, she's not all that I thought she was going to be. Probably like every other junior high relationship. Uh, another, another scenario is roller coasters. How many of y'all love them? Okay. Uh, I got on my first one at Six Flags over Dallas, and I quit. I was like, man, all these boys are excited. I'm, I'm going to love these things. And I quickly realized that I did not like roller coasters. I was scared. <laughs> I may have screamed like a woman. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what sound came out of my mouth, but it was not one that I was proud of, to be honest with you. Uh, and then lastly, how many of you saw the movie Cats? One of you. I saw it too. And here's why. So I saw the preview. I didn't see the preview. I saw on, you know, when you scroll, when you click uh, what movies are showing right now and you're like, see all those. And sometimes you're like, oh, there's no good ones. And some of them you're like, man, I got to go five times this week. Well, this was when I was like, man, babe, we can go. Like Cats was your favorite musical growing up. This movie has uh, James Corden and who else was in it? Taylor Swift. I was like, this has got to be good. Like, this has got to be good. So I load up, we go down to the movie theater, and this is straight music. I don't know what I was expecting. I thought with James Corden in it, there would for sure be some type of humor. Eh, wrong. Zero humor whatsoever. So I show up to this movie, and I'm like, man, this was an utter disappointment. It did not pan out the way that I thought it would. So many times in life, we go into something expecting it to be a certain way, and then it changes or it ends up being nothing like we anticipated. I'm going to let you know, people in their walks with Christ, eventually some of them get to this point. They get to it, and it's this Disney World experience. Jesus is going to change my life forever. And in a lot of ways, it does happen. But when the rubber hits the road, when things get a little bit hard, and it looks a little bit different than what they expected, sometimes they're not, they're not willing to stick through it. Or I know some of you in here know people, or maybe you have been in this position where maybe you've even been hurt by the church. Your experience within the church has left a nasty taste in your mouth. Maybe you're giving it another go. And I want to say on behalf of the church, I may have contributed to the hurt that you feel, and for that I do apologize. But I just want to apologize on behalf of the church in general that we didn't mean to. And if they did mean to, I'm very sorry, and I'm glad you're at a different church. Because this church, all we want to do is see you grow in the things of God and what he has for you in your life. And we want you to mature into strong Jesus followers. That's what we want for you. We intend no hurt to happen along the way. But the reality is the church is full of broken people. You're surrounded by people that ain't that good. <laughs> you, they're going to disappoint you. You're going to disappoint them. And that's just the reality of it. Some people's experience within the church looks a little bit different than what they anticipated. And so as I prepare for this message, I look at this question and culture that comes up and you're going to know what I'm talking about when I, ask, when I say something. I'm not going to list all of them because I don't have enough time to, but a loving God would never want me to be unhappy. A loving God would never ask me to do something I don't want to do. A loving God would let me do what makes me happy. How many of you have heard something along this line? And I'm telling you, God does enjoy when we are happy. But that is not God's goal. God wants us to be holy. And I'm sorry if this is a little bit stepping on somebody's toes in the room, but I want to let you know that Scripture agrees with this. And we're going to look into the script. I'm not going to tell you my opinions. 
I never have, I never will. On tough topics like this, I want us to look at the word and say, what does Jesus say? When Jesus lived his life here for those three years of ministry, what did his life look like and how can we learn from that? I believe that we live in a culture deceived when it comes to love. Love is such, we can spin it any way we want now. But what is the original intention? What is God's love? How many of you know a perfect love? Like you've seen it represented in this life. You've met somebody and they've loved you perfectly with no flaw. That's it. Like we have no idea. We have no comparison to the love that God has for us. We can only find it through the word of God and through the move of the Holy Spirit in our life. We have to have faith that his love is a perfect love. And you either believe the word of God is true or you don't. And so let's jump into scripture tonight. I wanna ask you a question. I want all of you to write this question down because I'm not gonna be able to give you enough time to really dive into the answer that you, that you wanna come to. So this question is, do you believe that God's love is perfect? Do you believe that God's love is perfect? And I wanna ask you a follow-up question. If you say yes, why? And if you say no, what have you experienced that shaped your view of God and his love for you? Because I believe God's love is perfect. And if we don't agree with that, something has happened in us. We've experienced something that looked different than what we anticipated and it hurt. And so now we have a tainted view of what God's love truly is. So if you answer, I don't believe God's love is perfect, why? And it's okay to wrestle with those thoughts. It's okay to wrestle with those emotions. So let's dive into scripture. You ready? Jesus, Jesus in his perfect love for us, point number one, invites us into life and freedom. His love will always, his love will always invite you and I into life the life he has for us, and freedom. Freedom from the things that grip our life. This is the evangelistic, the always pursuing, the seeking, the loving side of who God is. He is not gonna be satisfied until his children, you and I, his sons, his daughters, are reconciled to him. I can't imagine having, my son is only four weeks old. I can't imagine him getting to a point and deciding, I don't love you. I'm like, what? And y'all would, y'all would agree with me in saying like, this dude, he ain't done nothing for himself. <laughs> if he was to tell me right now, I don't know how he would be able to do it. I don't love you, dad. I would work hard. I would work overtime. I would do anything I could to earn the love of my son. I'm just telling you, I would do it. That's the heart of God. That's what he wants for you and for me. That's the perfect love that I know the word talks about. God wants you. He wants your friends who are living full of sin and running from God. He wants you if you're full of sin and running from God. He wants the religious in heart. He wants those who are racist. He wants those who hate the people around them. He wants those who are hard to deal with. He wants every single person around us. That's who God is people you like, the people you don't like. God wants every single person. I want to ask you a question. You can write this one down. It may be too long, so paraphrase it if you need to. What is Jesus or the Holy Spirit inviting you into right now? 
his perfect love invites us to life and freedom. What is he wanting to invite you into? But maybe you've been avoiding or neglecting it. Is there an opportunity you've seen countless times to grow closer to God, but you just haven't jumped jumped on it yet? What is God inviting you in right now? Point number two. Looking straight at this passage of scripture. And this is one that originally led me to writing this entire sermon. Jesus in his perfect love for us confronts our selfishness and our sin. Jesus in his perfect love confronts our selfishness and our sin. I don't like this. I'm just being honest with you. I don't like when somebody calls out the flaws. How many of you just love when somebody points it out and you're like, I don't really like that. Or that's, you need to work on that part of you. How many of y'all love it? If you do, I need to hang out with you more. Like I, I really, I just really do. I don't like it at all. I don't want to be told where my flaws are. I don't want to be told where I need to get better. I don't, I don't want to be told where I need to do some work. That's just how it is. All of us tend to be there. But Jesus in his perfect love wants to confront us. Why does he want to do that? So that he can put us on blast. No, this is what it says. This is what he does to the woman at the well. John 4, 16. Jesus said to her, this is after he said, I can be the living water. You can come to me, never thirst again. She's like, I want that water right there. He's like, okay, come to me. I can be your living water. And then he says, hey girl, go get your husband. She's like, bro, I ain't even got one. He says, boom, gotcha. You've had five. And the one you're with now, he ain't it. Can you imagine being in that scenario? She said, you're a prophet. <laughs> I can't, like the humor that's in the word. I don't know if y'all read it like that, but I'm like, this girl, but nobody, if he would have done it with his disciples, how shameful would that have been? His disciples off getting food. Jesus one-on-one with this girl says, hey, come in close. I want, I want to confront something in your life. Bring your, call your husband and tell him to come here. Why is he doing this? Because he always invites us into life and freedom. And sometimes the only way that we can get there, the only way that we can arrive at the, at the true and full life that God has to offer us and the freedom that we truly want to be in is confronting the sin in our own life. In the areas where we look at and we say, maybe I'm a little prideful, but I like this area of my life. I like these things. Jesus is willing to confront if it means healing and wholeness in our life. And I want you to hear it because our world wants to do what the world wants to do. And we as believers are called to live set apart. And I can, I can back it up. There are other times in scripture, God calls out these people because of their sin. He, he calls out Paul. He meets him on the road to Damascus. says, hey, dude, you're killing people. I need you to stop. He looks at Israel time and time and time again in the Old Testament. He says, hey, you're, you've turned your back on me. I'm gonna destroy all of you. <laughs> and somebody ends up praying, Lord, please forgive us. And he does. And then they do it all over again. He's always continuing to confront the areas in their life they need to turn back to him. Peter, you're gonna deny me. I shared that earlier. Jonah ended up in the belly of a whale because he would not go to Nineveh. He boarded the ship. All the sailors were like, what's going on? And he's like, it's because of me. (laughs) I'm here. I shouldn't be. God will confront us. Moses, 
This is, this is how much God will confront us if we want to. God says, hey, I need you to speak to the rock that w- and water will come flowing out. Moses says, okay, got it. This dude hits the rock. Water comes flowing out. God says, you're not gonna get into the promised land. Why is God, is that God just saying, ah, got you, bro. You're not gonna be able to enjoy the, the good things in this life that I have to offer you. No, he's saying, I want true and full obedience from you. If, I, if you're gonna say I'm Lord of your life, I want to be Lord of your life. And here are some things you can work on to show others the love that I have for you and to show others the love that I have for them. This lady gets to the, gets to the well. The things that keep, you keep running to, the things that we keep running to to fulfill us, to, to make us happy, are these water jars for this girl. She, she ends up leaving them at the foot of Jesus and going on home and saying, hey, this dude... He's the real deal. I think this is the Christ. Can this be? He's truly told me everything I've ever done. This has got to be him. He left everything that she thought she needed. The the sin, the areas of, of compromise, the things that she would always confide in, the things that she only thought would bring her true peace and happiness, left him at the foot of Jesus. What is that thing for you? Is the Holy Spirit convicting you on something right now? Is he, is he pinpointing something in your life? Is he confronting something in you right now? Because for me, I'll just be honest, it's pride. Like, it's pride and lack of, lack of trust in him. Ten years ago, it was lust. That was it. Every season of our life, there's gonna be something in us that's not like Christ. Why? Because we're on this side of heaven and we are a broken, sinful people. So if we come into it with a humility of saying, God, I'm broken, I need you. What is creating me a clean heart? I wanna be like you. We will never turn and say, God, a God that loves like you, you'll accept me for the things that I do. God's love confronts. And lastly, God's love will use our story for his glory. At the end of this story, I love it. I don't love the confrontation part, although... I think we as a culture need to be hungrier for confrontation. How many of you just love confrontation? You're like, bring it. I will confront your face off. How many of you hate confrontation? You're like, put me in the other room. (laughs) I'm I'm like 50-50. Sometimes I'm like, "Ah, I want it. Sometimes I'm like, you better get away from me, bro. If I know it's coming, I'm like, no, I'm going to lunch. (laughs) Look, we, we don't want it because it's hard because we have to change, because there's things in us that are off. Can I ask us to be a, a people who are hungry for, to be confronted, hungry for, for coaching, hungry to be better? Can we be a people who are hungry to be better? Jesus got up every morning. He, he spoke on it this morning. He got up every morning as usual, created the habits to become more like Jesus. I'm asking, let's become more like Jesus. Lastly, he'll use our story for his glory. John 4, 39, I've got one minute left. Many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. I want you to know, regardless if you've had five husbands or not, how many of y'all had five husbands? What? All y'all. <laughs> y'all crazy. Ain't nobody, ain't nobody there. I don't care the past. I don't care the depth. I don't care the shallowness. I don't care how how minimal your sin has been, how large you feel like your sin has been. Your testimony 
will be what brings other people into a loving relationship with Jesus. This lady leaves everything behind, runs to the town she's from and says, hey, this dude told me everything. He's good. I think it's Jesus. And they come running at a thought that this may be the king, at a thought this may be the savior. I'm telling you, a little bit of faith and a little bit of boldness and an obedience, shh, and an obedience to say, God, whatever you want to do, I'm here. I need one person to come up here. One person and I'm finishing. I can call on you. How, how about Bonnie Whoop? Bonnie Whoop, tell me your name. LeBron. <laughs> okay. So Jesus invites me into a life with him. I make that decision. I give my life to him. I allow him to confront sin and and, and selfishness in my life. And in turn, I tell somebody else about it. I tell Bonnie. Bonnie, this is what Jesus has done in my life. I can't help but tell people about it. It's amazing. Like, this is the real deal. I've experienced life, healing, wholeness. This is it. And then Bonnie makes a decision. I love Jesus. I want that. What you're telling me is the best thing I've ever heard. And then she turns to Jesus and says, God, whatever you want to do in me, Jesus confronts her sin, her issues, the things that she's got going on. And then she starts living life. And then Kay comes up here. Kay, get up here. Kay makes a decision. She says, hey, Kay, I know Jesus. He changed my whole life. I've given everything to him. I can't explain to you what I feel right now. Here's everything I've ever done. But here's my life now. So Kay comes along and she's like, man, that's amazing. I I need it. Kay makes that decision. So both of these ladies have made Jesus life-changing decisions. Kay starts to say, God, is there something in me that, that you want to confront? Is there something in my life that needs to change? Is there something in me that doesn't look like you? Jesus says, yes, Kay, I want you to work on this. She says, okay. You can do it. And then Logan comes up. Logan meets Kay. Kay tells Logan everything that's ever happened in her life. He brags, she brags on Jesus and what's happened to her. And then Logan makes a decision. And then by the end of it, every single one of us in this room have experienced the love of God and the love of Jesus because of the testimony of these three people. That's what the other church looked like. And that's what the church looks like when a world looks at the church and says, I want that. These people are still broken. There's still things in their life that need to be worked on, but they are seeking the Lord, open to the things that he wants to do. And our lives are changed. Are any of you perfect? But we're the church. And the love that we have for Jesus will be a reflection of who God is. And the people around us will see a difference in who we are. Why? Because of our devotion and our love to Jesus. Our ability and willingness to say, God, I'm open. Search me. Create in me a clean heart. Look at the things inside of me. What's not like you? I'll do it. What is it for you? The lady took the jars, 
laid them down. She was about to fill them up. Jesus says, hey, hold on. If you ask me, I can give you living water. And she runs to the town, leaving the buckets. What do you need to leave behind today? What is it that you've kept running to, running to, running to? Maybe it's something you've been hiding, hiding, hiding. Maybe it's the five husbands in the story. What is it for you that you say, okay, Jesus, here's, here's the thing for me. You can have it. I'll be honest. Don't wait to get caught. <laughs> She's like, oh, whoops. No, let's be a people who are, God, this is it. I don't want it anymore. I'm open for you. Whatever you want to do. I want to pray for us. Thank you so much. God.